Hey, everybody. This week on Flaming Films, we're talking about the movie Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Hit the music. Bow, bow. <laughs> Colleen Flaherty. This is Flaherty's on Films, a little podcast where we talk about movies. Michael, what are we talking about today? What is it about? This movie is called Ferris Bueller's Day Off. It's from, it's, it was made in 1986. And here's the description. A high school wise guy is determined to have a day off from school, despite what the principal thinks of that. God, yeah. he's a rascal. Colleen, have you seen this before? This is crazy. Yeah, but it also feels like this this is one of these 80s movies that's like so in the cultural milieu that like you don't really need to see it to have seen it. Good like, point. What does milieu mean? Doesn't it mean like, you know? I asked you. I Hang on. I think I used it correctly. <laughs> okay. Before. Uh, uh, the social environment. Got it. Got it. Well, let's continue in the milieu of this conversation. <laughs> Uh, have you seen it? I have seen it before. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, let's do go it. to our first segment. <laughs> do you have any, any follow-ups? Or... Nope. All our right. first segment, bam. <laughs> Time for Sam. <laughs> the part of the show where Sam comes on and tells us some facts about this movie we all love. Sam, take it away. God, I love this film. Sam, go ahead. <laughs> Sam was, to, for context, because this is an inside joke, Sam was apparently she thinks we're i don't know where this is coming from but she thinks we're negative about yeah films. she thinks we're not gonna like this i don't know what her. where that's from that's, that's not it's what i so, said it's so rude of her to just assume i just said that while researching it i remembered how much i like some scenes and i had to look them up before you guys ruined it for me that's that's all ruined. i just assume <laughs> we're gonna ruin it why would we do this great film that i love that's uh, just insulting. Please go ahead. Immerse me in a milieu of facts. No. <laughs> <laughs> so John Hughes went to Paramount Pictures in 1985 and he pitched an idea with a single line I takes a day off from school. And they were like, okay, write it. And they're like, that's a children's book. It's like, no, but it's a movie. <laughs> so he would write 50 pages the first night finished up the story in the second one and would have the whole screenplay done within a week called it his love what? letter to Chicago yeah it is man this is like uh, the chamber of commerce of the greater Chicago area got together and made this film like I want to go to the art institute right now so quote was, I really wanted to capture as much of Chicago as I could, not just in the architecture and landscape, but the spirit. I got to tell you, I think that's kind of bullshit. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I mean, it seems like sorry. the spirit from the tourist perspective. Right. Like going to the Sears Tower, the Art Institute, fancy dinner, the commodities <laughs> exchange. Like this is not like it. Hey, I'm from Chicago and I like the bears and uh, I'm just going to... When I make my movie that really captures the spirit of New York, it's going to be Broadway, Times Square, have a pizza. 
But Statue of Liberty, then. And then Statue of that's <laughs> like, yeah, the a, like, Because, like, a regular, like, get the spirit of being uh, living in New York. Exactly. Really like, ooh, this is what I normally do. <laughs> hey, I'm walking here. Hey, I'm from New York. I'm walking over here at a Central Park. I mean, my pizza. Like. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway. <laughs> So I don't know why Sam thought we'd be negative. This is really this, this is all great so far. Man, I love this so. It's all very complimentary. So while writing the script, John Hughes had Matthew Broderick in mind as the main character. Obviously. And this is just an interesting quote because it is kind of a unique character to pull off. Like he has to be charming enough that he doesn't come off as an asshole, even though he kind of is. He has to be um, like a Marvel main character. Yeah, pretty much. Before Marvel really had like this. The monopoly in this character type. Mm-hmm. So um, I just thought this was an interesting concept, though. He's like, I needed Matthew Broderick because he had this charm. But he also said, Jimmy Stewart could have played Ferris at 15. When he said that, I was like, oh, I would really like yeah. to see Jim- like a young Jimmy Stewart play this part. I thought that would be interesting. Really? Because Matthew Broderick is a bit cheeky and a bit of a dick. Yeah, that's but- what I think. I don't know if Jimmy... Jimmy Stewart's like too... Lovely. Although, counterpoint, when I think of Matthew Broderick not in the context of this movie, I think like, ooh, geeky, nice guy. Right. He's usually Jimmy Stewart type. So that right. is funny. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I also think, yeah, so I think he is like a Marvel character, but what the extra Matthew Broderick magic fairy dust that makes it perfect is he's like very boyish. So he's mm-hmm. like a kid. Like he, he's a very believable teenager to me Yeah, in a way that that kind of sure. innocence makes it a little... It dulls the edges a bit for me. That's why this movie is so good. <laughs> why it really works is a perfect just, It's film. perfect. That's, that's what makes it a 10. <laughs> I mean, I'm waiting for you guys to talk about how it's better than Titanic. That's, that's all I'm waiting for. It's a 10, so perfect. the same amount. Same amount. Yeah. <laughs> Math. Equally. So, when casted, Broderick was 24 years old. Really? Um, yep. Wow. Uh, Jennifer Grey, who played his sister, was 26 years old. Yeah. Um, Mia Sarah, who plays Sloane, she auditioned, and after she auditioned, Hughes goes, this, this right here is why we need an older actress to play her, because you need someone with a little more maturity to bring this, like, really it's very delicate. complicated and well-rounded character yeah. to life. Who just exactly. has so many I think feelings. Classier version. <laughs> Uh, she was actually 18, and he was so shocked he fell out of his chair. He found out. And then the other character to round this up is Alan Rock, who was actually 29 at the time of filming. Yeah, he did look it. <laughs> so Rock actually convinced them. Uh, it was supposed to be Emilio Estevez, I think. Um, but uh, his agent was like just just give ruck a chance and apparently they thought he was really good at playing the role uh he and matthew broderick had just done a play together on broadway so they were already best friends so they actually just like super buddy like broderick had a bigger trailer than ruck on set so ruck just moved into broderick's trailer and they just Uh, they're just buddies so fun Alan yeah, Ruck, exactly. who was the star, went on to star in Spin City and the failed Amy Sherman Palladino show. Um, he did Bunheads. not star in that. He was in starred in Bunheads. Bunheads. <laughs> One episode, the pilot. He died in the pilot. And he came back as a ghost in two episodes. Sam. 
I'm sure more people know it from Secession now. He's yeah. in Secession? He's one of the brothers. He's the brother. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's a bit older now. Time yeah. passes. Time <laughs> makes fools of us all. Go on, Sam. Especially us. Uh, so, fun side note, uh, apparently it was an inside joke between Ruck and Broderick of when Ruck is pretending to be Sloane's dad, and he's doing that voice. Well, I should say you do, you know, that kind of weird voice. I love that voice. I don't get how anybody buys it as a real person, but I kind of don't care because it's so delightful. So, that is Ruck pretending to be Broderick doing a, like, bit about their director for the play they were in, Aww. the director would be really over the top and crazy, and then Broderick would do this joke mimicking him. And so all of a sudden, Ruck just started doing it on the set during this part, and Broderick was just dying laughing. And Hughes is like, Aww. I don't really get it, but sure. It's <laughs> hmm. funny. What did the what was the play they did? Uh I can't really pronounce it. Do we but know plays? No. no, we don't know this play. Ah, uh, yes, we Tennessee don't, Williams. We don't That's what I would have said when you... <laughs> oh, Hamlet. Yes. Nice. <laughs> uh, Who didn't know Hamlet? Biloxi Bil- <laughs> Bil- Like a small ham? Biloxi Blues? Oh, yeah, Biloxi Br- Blues. Oh, Tennessee Williams, of course, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's what I would have said. <laughs> uh, so John Hughes asked Ben Stein if he would be an economics professor in the, or teacher, I guess, in the movie. It was his first time really being on the screen. He was a writer at the time, a speech writer, and he had an economics background, so Hughes didn't write anything for him besides the roll call. So all of his lecturing was just him talking about economics. I don't even remember the lecture. Oh, because he was like, and the thing... Anyone? Uh, Anyone? Yeah, there was a bit of that. Who would not? Who would be against tariffs? Anyone? I don't know why I remember that specifically because I was like, who would be against tariffs? Who's he gonna say? (laughs) I was kind of interested. Libertarians or? That's what I. That was my guess, but he said like um, anti-tax people, and I'm like, so the same idea. Kinda, yeah. It's more specific, I guess. (laughs) Anti-tariff people. Might as well have said. Yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. That's like anyway. So if there was a fourth character in the main three escaping from school, it would definitely be the Ferrari. Ferrari was such an exclusive car that they could not really afford it to drive it around. So they did rent one so they could take close-up shots of it. Then they made three mock-ups of, like, fiberglass body built around a different car. Hmm. Which sure. have all sold, like, they've all, like, the three are still existing, and famous people own them, and they go up on auction occasionally. But, an actual question for you guys this week. <gasps> Ooh. How much does, today, a 1961 Ferrari 250 California cost? Okay, in today dollars. Today dollars. The one, car that Cameron's dad had. One million, one million dollars. One million one dollars. Michael would be closer. It is between 13 and $15 million. <gasps> it is one of the most expensive cars you can buy. There was only cars are so stupid. Of them made. You just like buy a sedan, you guys. It, just, it does it the same thing. Damn. There's still speed limits, Michael. What are you going to do with that? I, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> you got to fucking get this During, government under control. 
you're living with us. This is... hey, get these tariffs out of here. <laughs> I don't so like them. This parade scene was actually filmed during the Von Wait, Stephen Sam, Day do you have any more parade. car facts? Facts about the car? Like, you have a like, fact about no. the car? I have a fact about the car because I watched this on Amazon. What a lovely service. 10 out of 10. Jeff, you're nailing it. <laughs> uh, uh, Amazon has a feature of X-ray, so it'll show you facts, which I did not turn on except for a bit on accident. And the fact was that, like, Ferrari people rode into John Hughes. They were fucking pissed that they would destroy the car. And he's like, it oh, wasn't. We're a, concerned it wasn't, that he had destroyed it. It's like, we didn't, didn't really do no. it. It's a fucking movie. <laughs> it's, it's a fake one. <laughs> Yeah, and then Mother's is like, how could that kid skip school? He's like, he's not a real child. That's Matthew Roderick. He's an actor. <laughs> yeah, if you if you want to know more, like the house that they borrowed or that they use for that is in Illinois. It's outside of Chicago. And they actually had to pay to change the glass. So it'd be more breakaway glass. And then like were nervous that the car wouldn't land correctly because like i said it was a fake ferrari so it was built up to look kind like to look like it but not to was that part you were to destroy it it'd be pretty obvious it wasn't was that part of garage it was like a glass box of a yeah it was actually built it was a pavilion built see this is why you don't want to ask me about this stuff it was a pavilion built because the person who owned that house actually had a bunch of like really nice cars and so he built this pavilion to put his different cars in so it was actually built for that just seems inconvenient for where you want to store your other garage things like your chalk or your bikes oh no this is just a display garage that makes sense don't put you don't put that shit in there yeah, another chalk, uh, chalk display yeah. somewhere else. But I thought another interesting thing is when they crashed the Ferrari, they had to clean up every shred of glass per the um, forestry department. They're like, yeah, you can crash a car, but you have to clean up every little bit of it. Yeah, you do, man. We only have one Earth. God. <laughs> but they whined about that for ages. <laughs> Fucking glass pollution. It's going crazy. A bear could Ooh. eat it. I know another fact, Sam, if you want another fact about that crash. You ready? Jesus Christ. Go on. <laughs> this is important because I know a thing. I'm excited because I know something. Tell us. They were filming into the fall and it was like, oh shit, it's got to look consistent. So they had to paint all of the leaves green on the trees. <laughs> that was also Amazon. Shout out to Jeff. I think, yeah. he wrote, I think he wrote that one. And then they had to be very careful, and they told the actors, don't touch the trees, because they could fall off. Because once again, they're colored. Like, <laughs> they're ready to fall off. Yeah. It's a pretty common movie trope. When they fall, they have to paint the leaves. But, um, oh, yeah. so everyone knows that. So fuck me, I guess. Is that what you're saying? Okay, great, great, cool. <laughs> Michael, awesome. that's a pretty common <laughs> that, was, that was a good fact. Yeah, Michael. it was. Thanks for saying that. Thanks for saying that. <laughs> So the parade sequence actually they took place during the Von Stupin Day Parade, which is an annual Chicago parade. Um, and according to Hughes, quote, it was an actual parade, which we put our float into unbeknownst to really anyone. All the people on the viewing stands, nobody knew what it was. So, so those actually, aren't extras. Those were just real people. So they did two things. So the they did for kind of the wide shots. They did the actual parade. And so a lot of those people were just regular people. Then the next Saturday, they put out a radio advertisement and they were like, hey, John Hughes is filming a movie. 
and 10,000 people came downtown and then they did like the close-up shots. Gotcha. So most of the people that you see are actually just actors. However, um, there are a couple shots like the construction worker and the window washer that they were just jamming out to the parade. Cool. And they just happened to catch them and thought that's cool. So they put it in the movie. Nice. I'm less excited um, about this part because I don't have my own facts to interject with. Uh, my cat's trying to pull the laptop off. Sorry. Um, so uh, this was the first film to be shot in the Art Institute of Chicago. It was a huge, quote, self-indulgence for John Hughes. That's quite clear <laughs> in the film. He would go there a lot and he called when he was growing up and he called it his place of refuge. Like that whole uh, yes. scene is like nothing. Like it is just John Hughes having fun being in the art institute and doing fun camera angles. Like I have a really pretentious quote. I'm not even going to read it. He liked the museum. He got to film there. It was very exciting for him. Got it. Okay. Uh, so then you have Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen um, had just done a movie with Jennifer Grey. Uh, Red Dawn, and she suggested him for this part. So it's just a coincidence that Emilio Estevez was almost on it and Charlie Sheen is in it? Emilio Estevez was one of John Hughes's muses. That's that's weird, though, then, like, Charlie just came randomly. I don't get it. What's the connection? They're brothers, Michael. Wait, what? (laughs) They're the Estevez's. Charlie Sheen and Estevez, yeah. Wait, Really? Yeah, but he changed. Yeah. But he his, his he changed his actor name to Sheen after his dad, who also changed his name from Estevez to Sheen. Oh, huh! I didn't know. Yeah, they're whole the Estevez family. I didn't know that they were Estevezes. <laughs> now you know they're the Estevai. They're not yeah. Sheens. Okay, cool. Why didn't Emilio do that? Because he likes Emilio Estevez. That's a nice. That's a nice, nice alliteration. Name. Yeah. Well, and Renee yeah. didn't either. Uh, yeah. Good point. Who? I didn't, Renee Estevez, who's the daughter. I only really know her. Is she an actor, or are we just talking about a civilian? <laughs> Great question. She's an actor. Okay. Um, so to get his drugged out effect for the role, uh, Charlie Sheen stayed awake for 48 hours before filming. That's dangerous. I can kill you. He's but done a lot of things that can kill you. Say, <laughs> I feel like he's done a lot worse. <laughs> That's a good point. I think uh, my uh, advice came too late. <laughs> Charlie, you should really get some sleep. Shit, Char- I go- could have told you that. <laughs> so this film would uh, premiere on June 11, 1986. It had a budget of $5 million. It would go on to make $70 million. Wow. Good, the Good investment. Office. It's just culturally relevant. Um we were talking about earlier that there's actually psychology classes on the uh, mindset of this movie. It's just kind of... What does of that even mean? Huge. The mindset of this movie? It doesn't make sense. I just kept going with words. In psychology, you study the minds of humans, usually. <laughs> I know the that there's a fan theory. Buffy. There's like this fan theory that uh, Ferris Bueller isn't Was dead real. the whole time? Yeah. No, like, no, that he's a figment of Cameron's imagination. Like, he's some sort of alter ego punishing him in life. <laughs> a hallucination just to challenge interesting. him. Interesting. I kind of like I didn't... it. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. I don't know. So, uh, in 1990, a series called Ferris Bueller starred on NBC. Jennifer Aniston! 
Okay, it starts Jennifer Aniston as Jeannie. I'm so sorry. I got. I did a Michael. I was so excited that I knew a thing. It's great. <laughs> and Charlie Schlatter as Ferris Bueller. And basically, John Hughes and Matthew Broderick had brought it up several times. Like, what about doing a Ferris Bueller sequel? And both of them were like, no. It was a movie that took place in a very specific time in your life. And it would just not be fair to do it. Like, I'm skipping out on work. It just doesn't have the same vibe. I will say this, though. You have a quote from Alan Ruck that I would really, I think I would actually appreciate this. But for fun, said Ruck, I used to think, why don't we wait until Matthew and I are in our 70s and do Ferris Bueller, Bueller returns and have Cameron in a nursing home? doesn't really need to be there he's just decided his life is over so he committed himself to a nursing home and ferris comes and breaks him out and they go to like a titty bar and all this ridiculous stuff happens and then at the end of the movie cameron dies that's i like the ending that's fun <laughs> i like when he dies i like when he dies i also like the beginning that he just committed himself to a nursing home because that's what i want to do i want to be in a nursing home so bad <laughs> I can make you food every day. You don't Hell have to think yeah. about it. Fuck yeah. <laughs> There's planned activities. Fuck. I do like, like planning on a cruise ship. That is why I want to go on a cruise activities ship. Activities already great. Planned <laughs> activities. Pretty good. <laughs> That's my facts. That was so great. Not as good as this movie. Sorry, Sam, because I love this movie so much. But that was so it's wonderful. Perfect. What's our next segment of a podcast? Our next segment is Critics Corner, where oh. we see what the critics have to say about this film i wonder which is very uh it had that weird rotten tomatoes thing where like the rotten tomato score was very high but a lot of the positive fresh reviews were kind of tepid i thought oh interesting. like none of them were like this is a hundred percent perfect movie hmm. what are, um, what are wrong thoughts here's uh from wayne broadway a publication unknown because i didn't write it down ferris bueller's day off celebrates life even when that celebration can feel hedonistic and egoistic Hmm. Yep. Uh, this is by Myrna, who is an Amazon reviewer. I saw this years ago and was unimpressed. Thought I'd try it again and maybe find it a bit more mellow, tolerant place in my senior years where I could smile at the antics of these kids. I find it not only not funny, but stupid and boring. Fake. <laughs> Fake comedy. That's a fun phrase. Uh, my main contempt is for the writer and director who do not have the excuse of being children like the actors. Everybody involved should be embarrassed and ashamed. Wow. I think that's a little far. It's a little harsh. A little harsh, I think. What should have been a joyful romp turns into a stale, sour-edged celebration of new conformist and affluent technology-addled cherub without a rebellious whim in his brain, said Patrick Goldstein at the Los Angeles Times. What the hell? Now, is... new conformist is capitalized, which makes me think it's a thing. Of the new conformist and affluent. Can you, under... Can you translate that for me? Um, I think he's saying that he's not even rebellious. He's just a spoiled kid who. Yeah. Counterpoint: Does he claim to be rebellious? Mm -mm. I don't think so. Check your facts. I googled new conformist and it didn't really come up with anything. So I have I don't know. Maybe he's just pretentious douche. All right. Here's this is a review by Sharon Simpson, and she writes just one of the Amazon reviews. Like so many movies, the storyline had merit, but the gratuitous use of foul language was overbearing was it i don't even remember any foul language so much foul language oh yeah well it was pretty overbearing i guess 
So our good friend, Peter Bradshaw. Oh, so, I love Peter Bradshaw. So he was not reviewing for The Guardian in 1986, but Shame. in March 2020, when the pandemic began, he wrote an article called 25 Comfort Movies to Watch Aww. While Self-Isolating. And his tweet about it was so cute. He said, here's my scientifically accurate list for top 25 comfort films. Aww. And I think you'll agree it's sheer objectivity is itself comforting. It was very cute. Um, so he says about Ferris Bueller, a wonderfully comforting movie that celebrates the world of idling, skiving, goofing off. The movie bops around the city from joyous set piece to joyous set piece. And some words from Ferris about how life goes by so fast that you have to make sure you appreciate it. Oh. Now, I don't know if I like this movie as much as Mr. Bradshaw, a little spoiler for later. Or me. But, but I... I I think that his point about it being like a comforting movie during the height of the pandemic... I think is really fair. Just like a fun romp. Especially because a lot of people, yeah, a lot of meeting, a lot of interactions. Yeah. A lot of crowds. A big, big crowd. Yeah. Uh, All right. That was a good review. Thanks, Peter. Uh, This next one is by... Double Happiness. What? Is this the whole... Okay. Uh, I left all the weird spacing in. Gotcha. So there's some weird formatting in this review, which is great. High school kids get day- <clears throat> high school kids get days off from school constantly. They get every possible holiday off. They get about three months off for the summer. They get about two weeks off at Christmas and Easter, et cetera, et cetera. Not to mention, they get out of school at three at the latest. Some high schoolers have flexible schedules. You can get out as early as 12. So what is this guy's obsession with getting a day off? The extreme lengths that he takes to get the day off is ridiculous. That's my double happiness as an Amazon reviewer. Can I say a weird thing when I was watching this? There's that scene where they figure out that he's been taking a lot of days off. And he like goes, you know, your son's been absent nine times. Nine times? Mm-hmm. Nine times. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, is that a lot? <laughs> I mean, for a like, year, I would take nine days off. It's not a lot at think. work. I don't know. It doesn't seem like excessive to me, <laughs> but maybe it is. I haven't been in school in a long time. Yeah, that's that's not that bad. Maybe it's bad in the 80s. I don't know. 80s are a weird time. Yeah. Uh, okay. Do you re- let's go through what this movie is about, which is oh, pretty- that's the end of that segment, which is a great segment. A great segment. Uh, so the movie. Have you really? If, I, if you haven't seen this movie, guys, it's about Ferris Bueller. He's like a cool dude. He pretends to be sick, but he's not really sick, and he gets his friend Cameron. And his hot girlfriend to come on an adventure in Chicago. Who's just him. a great, the, that casting was so great because she's like a hot 18 year old. Yeah. Great but, casting. Oh my God. I didn't even know she was a teenager. Whoa. I didn't even know she was 18. Crazy. <laughs> so weird. God, but she's the perfect somehow. Weird. Somehow. <laughs> uh, yeah. And like, the mind of an artist. Friend to steal the car. They mm-hmm. go to like an impossible amount of very cool Chicago. Uh, highlights and then and he gets away with it and it's great and his principal's obsessed with catching him because he knows he's faking which she's right uh and then his sister's like mad about it because yeah um that's it that's what the movie's about here's an element and here's a talking point i don't really remember watching this because i don't know if i've ever even though i've seen it like around a lot i don't know if i've ever like 
sat down, paid attention to it for a whole viewing in a long time. So okay. I don't remember I what I really enjoyed. I mean, everything, obviously. What I really particularly, though, enjoyed was the when I the movie was just way too silly to make any kind of sense. Uh, <laughs> I liked, like, especially, I think the silliest moment is when the water tower, they had written, like, save Ferris Bueller. Yeah, like, I like that. Like, the logic of, like, how fast it's moved and everyone cares so much. Like, that to me is cute. And, like, the that the principal cares so much is cute. And I feel like every, I all the silliness is very cute. I think there's like this thing where people like to nitpick how unrealistic it is. And like, that is not the movie's weakest point. It's the strongest point. Right. Like, oh, how could they have done it all in one day? Or like, where was Abe Froman? Why didn't he show for his reservation? Like, come on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> where, where was he? Good point. Good Damn. point. Fucking oh, my God. Movie sucks now. I think it's really funny. Yeah. The rebellious thing is funny because. I, I there's a moment in the movie where you you're kind of reminded how chaste this movie kind of is where they're at the fancy dinner and then they cheers with their water glasses and I'm like just order some wine man what are you doing Ch- I was like what is chase what does that mean I got chased there. I got there yeah I mean pronouncing it doesn't I got it from the context all right I want to say the things I like about this movie let's do that first Sam we've already talked about what Sam was gone for a second Sam we've already talked about one thing we've liked so this has been very positive so far I cannot put into words exactly why, but I loved Jennifer Grey's performance. Yeah. I thought she was really cool and really fun. Cool. Well, you're an older sister and you were probably moody, right? Is she older? (laughs) I thought so. Because like they're both in high school, they're both in high school, and he's graduating. She's the younger sister. Oh, but she's older in real life. Originally, they had written her as the middle child, but then they decide for like simplicity sakes, let's just make it two siblings. Right. Oh, she's younger. I don't know why I thought she was older. Maybe because I see myself as Ferris. (laughs) Right. That must be it. (laughs) Uh, no, I'm totally genie. I I don't know. I liked. There is this. I was I I always get surprised to see Charlie Sheen. Oh, let me just say I have seen this movie a lot. I watched it a lot as a kid, and I think it was because I used to go to Chicago a lot as a kid, and I liked that part of it. Like I loved the Chicago stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Going to the Sears Tower, it's really high up. <laughs> it is for sure. And there's this scene where she's with Charlie Sheen, and it's like I think, and he gives her some good advice. Where he's like, you being mad at Ferris, like, it's kind of on you. Like, it, you can't really change people. You have to just change the way you react to them. And in that moment, I'm like, sure, that's true. But at the same time, like, isn't this just a really good metaphor for, like, Jeannie's just going to have to go through life working hard and not doing as well as just charismatic white dudes who just get everything handed to him? But also be criticized for your eye makeup. I didn't even get that part. I didn't get that part, sure. nor did I get how the fucking police were like, <laughs> it's weird that she lied about Intruder. She had a strange man come into her house, panic called the police, and then she got in trouble? What the fuck? Yeah, that's weird. It's, it's so weird. All right, let's just get into it because I hate myself for this a little bit because I think the dumbest, least original take of this movie is like, oh, actually, Ferris isn't really a hero. He's kind of a dick. And you know what? It's true. I'm sorry. It just is. Wow. I know. 
And I'm like, I really wow. wanted to come to this podcast with like a more nuanced view of this. And it's like, no, he's really mean and manipulative. And I don't like it. <laughs> because so you and I have talked about several films that we like that some of the strongest most fun movies are when they're just a bunch of friends having a good time. We love and that's that. ostensibly what this movie is supposed to be about, but they're never having fun. They have they're fun all, all the time. Of, they're in Chicago. But like, are, is Cameron having fun ever? At the end, he kind of has a breakthrough mentally, but he's not having a good time. They're not having a good time together. Yeah. His girlfriend is just a nobody. And Paris <laughs> just, just like... Just piece of cardboard, yeah. Right. And Ferris is just like existing being cool guy. Like they're not right. having fun as friends. No, it's, and I'm like, it's not a fun dynamic. It's just the Ferris show. And again, like, wow, clean. You really broke this one wide open. I know. But that's I couldn't I can't help it. Yeah. What saves it from me a little bit is just like Matthew Broderick's face. Just looks like, just looks like he's ready to How smile at any time. Which is how cute is he? He's just, he's just the cutest man. So it's hard to be. I mean, I do one hundred percent agree with you, but it's also like, oh, Ferris, uh, just because I totally no, just could it's do it just because of the casting. If they had cast anybody else, he'd be like, God, that guy's just such an asshole. I mean, and I think Matthew did a great job. Like, yeah, for sure. I think everybody did a great job, and I, you know, I think it's the the way the movie was shot. Clearly somebody who loves visiting Chicago. <laughs> yes. Which we all do. Um, I also, okay. There's that parade scene. Why did he get two songs? Why did he get any? What's going on? I was just confused <laughs> at the scene. Like he's lip syncing. Like what's yeah. happening? Like, did they set up an empty float with a karaoke <laughs> for anybody to yeah, go on? Where they had like a, a choreographed dance around him. Listen, it's fine if the movie's not realistic. I just don't, I just don't know what's going on. <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense. And he gets the whole city of Chicago, including the only black people who are just in that group over there <laughs> dancing. And they're like, yeah, I love when people lip sync to this. <laughs> like, and I'm like, Mr. Broderick is Broadway royalty. Let him sing. Yeah, Jesus. he could actually sing. That'd be a fun scene. That, <laughs> that'd be that. less be realistic, but more fun. Go ahead. They brought in Kenny Ortega, who's a very famous <laughs> choreographer. and they, He did a whole choreography scene with Matthew Broderick. For filming this, however, though, they did the scene where he's running through the backyards and he injured his knees. Oh, no. So he couldn't do the choreography to the real ability. Did he sprain his vocal cords, Sam? Did the star oh, actually, of Future Star of How to Succeed in Business and the producers? If it would make you feel any better, the Beatles were very upset because apparently they thought there was too much brass in this version of their song. That doesn't make me feel better at all. I wanted to hear Matthew sing. <laughs> um here's a positive note this is just like a such a silly premise for a movie or like not silly it's such like um no yeah exactly for a movie like what if a kid skips school and that's a film like it's cool that i mean you would that you would see that like as an episode of a show nowadays or something right it actually is really funny because as i said i watched a lot as a kid and it's really funny watching as an adult because i remember as a kid like the stakes really worked for me because I was a child. <laughs> right. Watching it now, I'm like, if they caught catch him, literally nothing will happen. He has <laughs> like, to stay a whole nother year. He would not. That's <laughs> insane. <laughs> like, yeah, it especially because most of the time, it's like his parents are going to catch him. It's like, oh no, you'll get grounded. You'll have to have one of your many expensive electronics taken away. I mean, I don't right. know. It just, I'm like, this, this is fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's he's kind of a brat. I mean, he's super rich. 
Ugh. He's got all these. Can we fucking... talk about the fact he complains about not having a car, but that synthesizer at the time cost eight thousand dollars? His uh, his Emu Two sampler. I forget what it's called exactly. But yeah, oh, it's very fancy. Um, yeah, I think there's a really indicative. I don't think it cost eight thousand dollars at the time. I think it costs eight thousand dollars now. Oh, maybe. Pro- uh, but like, so there's a at the very beginning he talks about like European socialism, and then he says. Not that I'm particularly uh, endorsing fascism. I don't believe in isms. I just believe in the self. And then he says, like, about John Lennon, like, I'm, I'm not the Beatles. I am me. And then he says after that, you know, it's, it's just about believing yourself, except I don't have a ride. And he keeps mentioning that he doesn't have a car. So it's like in the very beginning of the movie, they establish how much he just cares about himself and only has his friends for things they need. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a very 80s ethos. It's like if... If a young Gordon Gecko was the good guy. <laughs> Pretty much. Which, uh, again, I know, like, so original. Can I say oh. a negative? Uh, uh, we will be getting into negatives. Sorry, Sam. I know she hates this. I don't think this movie is... Personally, this is my opinion. Not that funny. I don't, I don't feel like I laughed too many times. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if I would think it was funnier if I didn't know all the famous jokes. Right. But yeah, it's not the funniest. And I don't. Here's the second negative thing. Sorry, Sam. But I also don't like like the ooh meaningful thoughts about life. Basically, any of it, especially the Cameron stuff at the end, which I'm sure we'll get to. But uh, I, did it feel like they didn't really know how to end it? Like it feels like it. It's not a long movie, but it almost drags a little at the end while they're trying to kind of figure out how they're supposed to end this day. Well, the movie is like, yeah, it's like kind of pointless, but there's like a kind of a sheen of like, ooh, life that I just don't really care for. <laughs> yeah, I feel like at the, because I agree with you that it's its strongest when it's silly. Yes. And then at the <laughs> end, it felt like they tried to make it important, right? Like, actually, this day was about uh, Cameron's, you know, self-fulfillment. And, and then the end, when he's saying goodbye to his girlfriend, and she's like, I'll see you around. She's like, He's gonna marry me, and it's like this is just a day. This is like a Wednesday. <laughs> and You'll see sc- her tomorrow. Like, why is this even a scene? And who cares? <laughs> okay, so that I guess because we're on it, Cameron's shit at the end. So I did remember that there was a problematic scene where they're like, "Ooh, Cameron spies on the girl as she changes," and that's weird. Right. What I didn't remember was that this is kind of like the peak of his character transformation as he becomes a man and like learns to stand up for himself and he shows that he's like sexually active you know it's like oh Cameron I thought you were a blimp I forget the words they use but uh this is like him becoming like oh I'm gonna stand up to my dad and I'm gonna spy on girls as they change like that's really fucked up yeah and I'm (laughs) sorry to like ruin everything but like Sloane's character is bad oh for sure because like she is just cool girl like she exists as a prop in this world <laughs> yeah like cameron's like yeah i spied on you and you're changing and she's like oh i don't mind i don't go care. on that's go great on. i love that that's, that's you like deserve everything. it buddy <laughs> you're good this is good for you i don't matter <laughs> i'm just an object <laughs> just a thing yeah or did like, you spy on the dresser <laughs> She literally no personality. Yeah. I don't know. It's so funny because I actually really like Alan Ruck 
Nick's character because he's the most interesting person in this world. He's the most. He's even very that, relatable. Like, you'd be oh like, my god, there's this scene where he's walking with Sloane and they're holding hands for some reason. She's they're weird anyway, yeah. and he just says like, ever since I've known him, everything's always worked out for Ferris, and I feel like. That dynamic or that feeling is just so relatable, right? Like you just know people like that, where they're just like they're just confident and things are great for them. And it's do you think John Hughes like if if this were a more competent movie, Ferris would get some (laughs) comeuppance from that. Like he would learn something. Do you think John Hughes knows like knows people like that because they're talking about him? (laughs) Like he's in the movie, but really, you know, still Ferris is so weird. It's like I feel like other John Hughes movies, Ferris Bueller would be the bad guy. I don't really remember any John Hughes movies. So like, you know, they're, well, okay, that's not true, I guess. But like a lot of them, you know, there's like the evil jock. But now that I'm thinking about it, the, the bad guys in his movies are usually like so bad, they're caricatures. So no, yeah. that's not right. Yeah. Um, can I tell you a weird scene? Yeah. <laughs> so there's this scene, which I, I like the way it's shot. I think it's really like well blocked is when Ferris and the friends are coming out of the restaurant and they see Ferris's dad right there. And it's like, just go in the restaurant and wait for him to leave. No, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they have to sneak in behind him and get into a cab without him noticing. And I just, I don't know. I really enjoyed watching this scene. But for some reason, I was really into the conversation his dad was having. <laughs> We're and so I wrote old it now. word for word. Oh. Because I was like, what is what is this job before i look at it they're talking about businesses and like the expense and the accounts or something right dave if you want to sell you have to spend simple as that i know i know it sounds like i'm beating a dead horse but that's not the case and then dave says we don't have the money and then he says dave you're one of the brightest guys in the business (laughs) you know here's how he delivers this next line it's so weird you know what it takes to push this over the top <laughs> we're gonna have to go heavy on tv lighten up on the radio we'll lay it out we know you've got the money we've just got to spend it he's any responsible fuck you I, I just said i don't have the money <laughs> literally listen to what i just fucking told you <laughs> I, I was just like fascinated goes, like is dave, this a real conversation dave we'll lay it out <laughs> dave over the top yes radio <laughs> radio's dead baby you know this uh, we're in the biz he was right though radio is dead radio's i mean except dead. for podcasts subscribe subscribe oh my god also speaking of that uh, sorry that nc was sloan she says to him what does she say you knew what you were doing when you woke up this morning didn't you and it's like Fuck it, obviously. There were so many logistics. He had to do a fake number and answer machine for a funeral home. Are you serious, Sloan? I think you had an idea about this before you woke up. Like, fuck off. What are you I'm trying a to do? prop. <laughs> I'm not anybody. It's fine. I'm here to reflect your greatness onto you. That's what cruel girls do. I'm a hot mirror. oh my god yeah i don't know i guess actually what my biggest complaint about this movie i just think it could have been more fun yeah sillier more fun because like the only thing that's going for it is that it's fun it just needs to be more fun i think like and i think at least one maybe one goddamn scene of 
Ferris being taken down a peg. Like, not even one little thing where he gets a little embarrassed or he gets caught doing something dumb or, like, I don't know, just somebody one-ups him in a conversation. I don't think that would fly with a lot of the audience who just wants to be Ferris and be an asshole, which, I mean, I kind of do. Come on. I mean, it's like wish fulfillment, I guess. That's a good point. He's an asshole. Fuck yeah. But what they could do is have him like be nicer in some scenes like oh actually he's a heart of gold on solo type right which she clearly doesn't god that <laughs> no. scene where he's like where cameron is just freaking out and he's like can we take the car back now and he's like if you had a car like this would you put it back right away and i'm like yes because i'm a like i'm a <laughs> human being yes because I, I care about my friends and like that's what they want <laughs> like that would yes i wouldn't even consider it <laughs> he looks at me like i'm gonna say this is okay i'm not ferris <laughs> looks dead in my eye i don't i'll cut this out of the podcast because it's irrelevant but i just watched this uh youtube sketch where they're like wait you downloaded a car it's like yeah it's like wait you would download a car it's like yes yes i would actually given the first opportunity that's exactly what i would do <laughs> <laughs> that's very funny Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, so, do we have any more opinions? Let's ask John. I bet he loves this movie. All right. Let's hit him up for some facts. This is our brother. You know, you love him. <laughs> Ready for that. Oh, you know who, what we didn't talk about? What's up? The principal character <laughs> at all. I mentioned that he is crazy silly in his quest. Yeah, I do think there's like another hot take that like Rooney was just doing his job. And it's like, no, he wasn't. No, he's he, being weird. He's being exceptionally bizarre, which I love. Yeah. I mean, and now he's a pedophile, you know, now that he's actor. a pedophile. Yeah, we've talked about I mean, he probably was then too. Probably. <laughs> Yikes. Ooh. Hi. Ooh. Hey, hey, John. <laughs> John, have you seen the movie Ferris Bueller? And what do you think about it? I'm going to make sure he's a pedophile. I don't want to speak out of Is- Go ahead. Uh, w- w- what did I come into? We're talking about one of the <laughs> actors in the film. Uh, do you, what do you think about the film? Right. So the movie Ferris Bueller's uh, Day Off. Um, it's not my favorite movie. I get why people like it. Um, and the, the reason I don't like it is I don't like Ferris Bueller. I think he's a little shit uh, who gets away with way too much. Hot take. Uh, is it a hot take? Most cleans oh, take as well. Oh, I think I might have told Colleen this beforehand, too. So You told me, so you must have told her. Oh, okay. I think, I think we all, everybody thinks that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, like, just what a, what a bastard. Come on. Just go I was, to school. I was right about Jeffrey Jones. So. No, we've and talked about I him actually, on the Amadeus episode. I was about to say, we've already, we've already talked about this. We made fun of the Wikipedia like, like category, which like listed as like extracurriculars or something. <laughs> oh, yeah, I do actually remember. You guys did do that. He got this job because of the Amadeus. Why you need a principal for a bunch of kids? <laughs> oh, I realized no. that was a really bad time to bring in that fact. Sorry. I think oh, Wikipedia has since changed it because now it just says criminal offenses. That's better. Good job. I Wikipedia. bet they listened to this podcast and they changed it. They're like, yeah. Uh, John, please continue with your thoughts. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, so yeah, don't li- don't like the movie because uh, I don't like Ferris Bueller. Uh, quite simple as that. Pretty simple. Um, I I like everything that goes around it. Like I like the Chicago stuff. I like how well it does that. 
Uh, oh, I, this is what I get for not paying attention to my game. Now I'm in deep trouble. Uh, you know, whatever. I can just keep going. Um, you sound like nobody has a straight up Chicago accent. John Hughes says he made this movie because as a love letter to Chicago. And not one guy. That. Not one guy was like, yeah, I got the bears on there. Like, not one. No dick. Come on. What are you even oh. doing here? Yeah. Didn't like uh, yeah, and like how Ferris Bueller was too good for his girl for girlfriend, how he like kind of badgered his friend into having essentially an existential life crisis. That sucked. I hated all of that. Um, I liked his sister. I liked that whole plot line. Yeah. Um, you know what Michael was saying? His complaint was he didn't think this movie was very funny, which I agreed with. Yeah. But I, I actually, I think one of the better comedy scenes was Charlie Sheen. I mean, I know he he's turned out to be a garbage person, but I thought he was funny. I thought that was super funny. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, that's funny. That was like one of my, I think that might have been my favorite part. I was, yeah, rooting for the sister the whole time. Uh, and we're talking that the principal is a horrible pedophile. Yeah. Yeah. Not right, in the movie. I'm not going to say anything positive about that actor that, even though he I was funny. Kind of enjoyed he's, his parts. He's, yeah. He's a pretty good actor. Yeah, like I like the Ben Stein part. Um, yeah, just everything Ferris Bueller himself was in. Like, I'm just not here for it. No, thank you. Hard pass. Let's what go you, to War Games. What do you grade it? Uh, I'll give it a C plus. Like, I get what it's doing. I get it's a timepiece. I just don't like those John Hughes movies in general. Yeah. They're just not for me. So it's hard for me even to be that critical about it. Um, but I mean, I don't like it. I wouldn't watch it if I had a choice. But I would if I needed to. And yeah, I'd be cool with it. All C right. plus. All right. Thank you so much for your thoughts, John. Okay. Yes, bye bye now. All right. Bye bye. Um, I wonder if John Hughes could have done like a musical. Because <laughs> I, I always think like some of the best parts of his uh, movies that looking at now are just like the cute parts, like not less the relationship parts or any gender or race, racial dynamics. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I don't care. Anyway. Is he dead? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yes. yes. Sam is reporting he is super dead. From the field. She's at the gravesite. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> she got a reaction there with her face. Clean, uh, what do you grade this film? I think I kind of agree with John. Like, it's a competent film. I get what they're doing. But I think I'm gonna go lower. I think I'm gonna go C. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a snack of a film, which I I like a film that doesn't ask a lot of you. Like, oh, no, I also no enjoy world that. saving. All right, sign up for that. Oh, it's cute. Sign up for that. But it's uh, to be a comedy that's not really funny. It's slice of life. Where I don't really like any of their opinions. Right. Uh, that's all it's kind just of this weird nihilism where like it's actually cool that charming rich white men get away with whatever they want. It's not like cool. Yeah. It's like if people. It's like people who watch Wolf of Wall Street, but like they don't get what it's about. Right. Uh. <laughs> so you know, movies. Unfortunately for this movie, movies can be a lot more than this movie. They can be a lot better. So Ooh, actually, you know what? A better example is if people watch Succession but didn't really get it. Right. Like they thought the characters were heroes. <laughs> You know what was good? We had talked about Succession. Oh, you know what? I think I'm going to change my movie that we're going to watch. Ooh. Anyway. Excited. Anyway. Uh, I'll just say, yeah, I'll give it a C. That seems like... Because he's not bad. You know, it's fine. No. It's a C. It's no, good. and to be totally honest, I was a little worried about watching this again. Because I did like it as a kid. And I was like, oh, is it going to be so bad? And it wasn't that bad. No. You know, it's a it good, wasn't like... It's it, a good film. It, it, 
hasn't aged as badly as some other John Hughes films. Some 80s films, yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's like no rape and no like overt racism and no talking that's robots. Nice. Well, that's oh man, I want to watch that movie so badly. Johnny <laughs> Short Circuit. Short Circuit. Why yeah. did I say Johnny? Because his name is Johnny Five. Johnny Five alive. That's <laughs> what so he does. Because I want to open a robot bar. Which my friend David thought is like, oh, like all vending machines. And I'm like, no, an yeah. animatronic robot with a little bow tie mixing drinks behind the bar, obviously. <laughs> and he awesome. says snappy one liners to the patrons. <laughs> like, that's the only is thing. Is computed. <laughs> Executed. Two shots. Download your troubles to me, buddy. <laughs> Good stuff. I would go to that bar. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Like the whole thing would look like a mystery science theater set. Like a really yes. corny. Yeah. But like a little worse. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Who are we sponsored by this episode? We're sponsored by Febreze. Febreze. Do you like, smell like shit? If you have Febreze, this is a rhetorical. Uh, you <laughs> spray it, and this is just going to freshen up things. It's going to be a little, a little chemically smell. Do you love chemicals? Febreze has got you covered. Chemicals are everything, Michael. Everything is chemicals. Don't, don't make jokes about chemicals. No jokes. Only Febreze. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> That's their tagline. That's their tagline. No jokes. Only Febreze. <laughs> anyway, what's our next film? This is a slice of life film that I think is better. And we'll watch Whoa. it. It was sorry, slice of life high school film. Then we'll watch it and we'll be like, Whoa. this is better than, than Ferris Bueller. It is called Book Smart. I think we both <gasps> seen it already. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So we'll watch that again and we'll confirm or deny whether it's better or worse. All right. It'll be better. Stay tuned for that trailer. And cut. Amy, you've been out for two years and you've never kissed a girl. I really don't know what I'm doing with all that stuff. I have a secret for you. I once tried to masturbate with an electric toothbrush, but I got a horrible UTI. Yeah, like horrible. I wish that would have been a secret, but you've mentioned it many, many times. Hey! Oh, shit. Woo! Are we going to go to school or? No. What's two plus two? It's the last day. We got you through high school. I need to go over the end of the year budget numbers. Can't we just graduate, head off to college? That should do it, right? We will persist. I can't hear you. I can't soundproof glass. We have to go to a party tonight. What? Nobody knows that we are fun. We didn't party because we wanted to focus on school and get into good colleges. And it worked. But the irresponsible people who partied also got into those colleges. I'm incredible at hand jobs, but I also got a 1560 on the SATs. We haven't done anything. We haven't broken any rules. Name one person whose life was so much better because they broke a couple of rules. Picasso. He broke art rules. Rosa Parks. Name another Susan one. Susan B. Anthony. God damn it. Picture this. I'm a bag of put me to your lips. Hand sanitizer. Check. Chapstick. Check. Mace. Listen, it is very important that you keep the safe. Oh! oh! Ah! On! Don't touch your eyes! Tonight is your night. Yes! Nobody's Nobody is. Oh, what is this? 
this? We ask the questions! Oh my god. How old are you? Does not matter! Well, this seems excessive. Shotgun. Just kidding. I don't have one. Don't say we're having a date night. Why? It's funny your parents think we're boning. What you two have is special. We are going to show each other how much we care about each other. We'll probably just do a Korean face mask. I don't need to know all the words.